Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Ready? Play. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever in the world you are tuning in from. Uh, I'm here to have a special show on uh, Peng Shui, in fact, I should say Peng Shui, the correct uh, pronunciation. Um, who was or who is Peng Shui? Well, um, Peng Shui, WTA player, um, achieved a great amount of success, particularly in doubles. Uh, where she reached number one in the world, winning a couple of majors. She also reached number one in singles as well. Um, but her story took on a, a different form, if you like, from November last year. In fact, to be the precise, the 2nd of November, I think it was last year, when she posted on social media, Chinese social media, Weibo. And again, maybe I'm not saying that correctly, but hopefully you get the idea, where she accused a high-ranking uh, Chinese official, uh, Zhang Zhaoli, or Zhang Gaoli, of sexual assault, uh, also during a years-long affair. Now, that was posted at around about seven minutes past 10 on Chinese social media, um, but it was removed about 20 minutes later. Now, her story doesn't end there, of course. Um, within a couple of weeks, we had lots of social media outpourings from various different tennis players and much more. It became a global story, if you like. On the 16th of November, indeed, Naomi Osaka took to Twitter uh, with the hashtag Where's Pung Shui? Uh, this had gone viral by now, where she was obviously very concerned about the whereabouts and the safety of one of her fellow players. She says here, not sure if you've been following the news, but I was recently from, informed of a tennis player who's gone missing. Censorship is never okay. I hope Peng Shui and her family are safe and okay. Now, this is the 16th of November, two weeks after that initial post, and still nothing from Peng Shui. That was to change, though, on the 17th of November. So this is 15 days after the allegation was made. Um, Chinese state-run media released an email allegedly from Peng, uh, which says along the lines of uh, that she's safe and well. She'd also backtracked 
on her sexual assault allegations. Um, following on from that, this is the email. As you can see, this is a screenshot of the mail uh, of the email from Pung, uh, where she says basically that. This is not true. Um, this is also because she'd been reached out from uh, Simon, Mr. Simon, the WTA uh, chief had got in touch with her, um, basically, and she's there, if you can see, saying the sexual assault, it's not true. That is on the 17th of November. Um, the same day, by the way, Serena Williams also joins the social media outpouring, suggesting and asking, where is Pung Shui? Um, next stop we have on the timeline is the 18th of November. Now, 16 days later, we've got uh, China saying uh, this is not a foreign affairs matter. The UN on the 19th of November also gets involved, asking for a um, an investi investigation and verifiable proof of her whereabouts. The IOC chief, uh, Mr. Back, Thomas Back, International Olympic uh, Committee Chief, he has a video call with Peng Shui on the 21st of November. Now, it's very important to realize that this is just a couple of months before the upcoming Winter Olympics. Uh, so make of that what you will. Um, then in December, beginning of December, Steve Simon, the aforementioned Steve Simon, the WTA president, announced that there would be no more tournaments for the foreseeable future to take place in China and Hong Kong. On the 20, on the 19th of December, excuse me, uh, this is now the first public appearance of Peng Shui, where she gives a video interview. She's doorstopped and she again reiterates or she denies that she was ever sexually assaulted. 7th of February now, uh, Peng Shui announces her retirement from tennis and reiterates that there was a misunderstanding over the allegations. I am joined now by East Asia correspondent, uh, William Yang. Let's bring you in, William. Um, William, uh, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Thank you so much. No, it's great to have you on board. Of course, you've been following this story like anybody else over the last 13 months. Um, what is the latest? Do we have any update in the last few weeks or even few months? No, I think unfortunately, since the beginning of the year after uh, Pong was last saw in public uh, during the Beijing uh, Winter Olympics, mm -hmm. uh, in, we have not really seen much uh, from her. And also there have not been much uh, information about Pong Shai and also her future, uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, like uh, so far, like, uh, there is no news whether uh, she will even be able to return to the tennis where now she has announced her retirement. But uh, like it, it, that was subsequently after uh, the, uh, you know, all, all the allegations kind of like uh, died down in like the wave of international responses. I think the most recent uh, like development about this whole thing is that uh, the accused uh, former high-level official Zhang Gaoli appeared uh, during the 20th Party Congress uh, in China, which is one of the biggest uh, political events uh, in China uh, just in October. And then just um, about a month ago, uh, the uh, chairperson of the WTO, Steve Simon, said once again in an interview that he still hopes that the Chinese authorities will conduct an investigation based on uh, Peng Shui's alleged uh, allegation against Zhang. But obviously, right now, there is just no news about the latest development. Uh, 
and the latest uh, information about Peng Shui's situation. William, I've got a tweet here, which is from you, actually, from over a year ago. I believe it's about 24 hours after the, you know, the incident uh, with the with the posting on social media took place. It's on the Weibo account. And I think you tried to say hello, right? I've got, I've got if you can see this tweet where you've you've posted hello or hi under the Chinese tennis star Peng Shui's Weibo account. Um, but it was it was blocked or it was deleted for violating Weibo's community rules. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Um, tell us a bit about, uh, first of all, let's tell us about Weibo. What is it? Because, I mean, most of us, of course, in the Western world, we're familiar with Twitter and Facebook, etc. But maybe some of my viewers don't know what Weibo is. So Weibo is a microblogging site that uh, is kind of the equivalent of Twitter, um, where people share very short uh, posts, updates uh, on all kinds of different topics and things. Uh, there are personal accounts, but also there are public accounts like the one uh, that celebrities, including uh, Peng Shui, uh, uses regularly to update their followers or uh, share public statements and uh, the latest uh, in their life. So uh, what happened when I tried to leave that, uh, you know, test the comment function under her account 24 hours after the post uh, was first posted and then allegedly removed uh, from Weibo. It's just to test uh, whether the Chinese government's censorship uh, regime has kicked in. And obviously, in that case, it was pretty obvious that uh, her account uh, was no longer uh, able to receive any public comments. And uh, soon after that, uh, the entire account basically was uh, suspended and uh, disappeared. Uh, for quite a while. So this is a typical way that the Chinese government tries to do when it comes to uh, limiting information flow about certain viral events that they don't want, you know, to spin out of their control. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse, carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see, we could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Cool. Um, tell us about the accused. Uh, what do we know about him? I mean, I mentioned him as a high-ranking official, but I'm sure you can elaborate a bit more on that. And... Uh, has there been any response, questions? I mean, you can you can answer that for me, William. So Zhang Gaoli is a former vice premier of, of for, for China uh, for a few years. And uh, he and Peng basically had a complicated uh, relation history regarding their uh, relationship. And uh, the original post from Peng basically uh, accused him of a uh, lying to her uh in terms of you know like the his affection for her and uh allegedly his wife even played a role in facilitating and helping with the right. alleged rape that took place at Zhang's house uh yeah. and since the event uh the allegation surfaced uh he has not really been seen in public at all until this past October when he appeared uh, at the 20th Party Congress. That was the first time that he was seen in public. And there have been no mention in 
the international uh, in the Chinese media, and there's also no uh, direct uh, information about uh, you know responses from him or the Chinese government regarding the allegations against Zhang. Uh, we've seen the only you know uh, response from the Chinese official is that this is an internal uh, like this is not an international uh, affair. So uh, they refused to answer that at any of the press conferences uh, when international media have a chance to press the issue to the spokesperson of the foreign ministry. So right, we, we really have very little to, uh, I think, uh, learn about regarding what actually happened and then, you know, the subsequent events uh, and the fate of, of both of the people that are involved in this case. Most of the people tuning in will be watching on, on YouTube, but some will be watching on Twitter and Facebook as well and podcast form perhaps too. Um, but can people in China access this episode, for example, um, in any way, shape or form? Um, well, I mean, like there were a lot of uh, attention on, you know, like the allegation and then the subsequent uh, discussion on Chinese social media, but mm -hmm. obviously Chinese netizens uh, have to use very veiled uh, languages without, you know, violating or triggering the censorship. So, uh, but the, there was definitely a lot of attention on, you know, uh, the follow-ups of uh, after Peng's uh, allegation, because she is, like you said, uh, one of the most successful tennis stars in China, apart from Lina, uh, she achieved a world number one in doubles, which mm -hmm. uh, I believe she's the only Chinese player so far that have achieved that in the doubles uh, uh, field uh, on, on the women's circuit. And uh, she also had some incredible achievements overall uh, in, in the domestic uh, competitions. So I think uh, overall, she is a very high profile uh, player. And at the time when the allegation happened, she was still uh, one of the leading players of uh, representing China internationally. So obviously, I think, uh, you know, in a country of uh, 14 uh, billion people, uh, this is, you know, a huge allegation uh, and a scandal that involved two very high profile individuals. But I think soon after, you know, like the information was basically censored and discussion was uh, not really going anywhere. I think the event, uh, in discussion kind of like died down within China uh, compared to the ongoing curiosity about Peng Shui's whereabouts and her conditions and her side of the story uh, within the international community, especially the, the tennis community. Tell us about tennis in China. Is it um, is it big? Is it popular? Uh, I know, of course, you reside in Taiwan, although currently you're in Berlin, if I'm, if I'm right. Um, so... Um, but tell us about tennis in China and, and how popular it is and, and anything about the, the knowledge and awareness of the sport there. So tennis wasn't really a, a sport that uh, was, you know, has a long history of popularity among the Chinese uh, population compared to similar sports like uh, ping pong or uh, badminton, which both are also racket sports. Uh, but uh, since the early 2000s, with the rise, including Peng Shui, and then also uh, other Chinese female players like Zheng Jie and Li Na, uh, you know, the other two who later on also achieved a lot uh, for the Chinese tennis, um, like 
they brought up this wave of uh, I think frenzy about you know proving that Chinese players can also rise to the top of the game uh, with their own very unique uh, and very hardcore training and uh, we, we choosing the right uh, disciplines to focus on. So a lot of the, uh, you know, like these big Chinese tennis stars also like uh, started to give back to their hometowns, set up tennis academies, like Zhenjie set up a tennis academy in Sichuan in her home province. And then Lina now also has one of the biggest uh, tennis academy inside China. Uh, and uh, I think they're, continuous success on the WTA circuit really helped propel the overall popularity of tennis uh, in the following years. And, uh, you know, we are still seeing a lot of up and coming new Chinese tennis players in recent years, both on the junior circuit and also on the women's circuit. Uh, this past year, I believe uh, one of the hottest of female tennis player is called Zhen Qingwen. She's not really young, but great Chinese, you know, young Chinese tennis player. And then Zhang Shuai was another very successful tennis player from China with two doubles uh, Grand Slam under her name and also a giant killer at a lot of the Grand Slams. So we're seeing waves and waves uh, of like up and coming young Chinese uh, tennis stars that are kind of like basically uh, picking up the baton that uh, was passed down and started off uh, by Peng Shuai, Lina and Zhenjie in the early 2000s. And really now China is probably, I would say the most successful and strongest uh, tennis country in Asia, at least. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've also got uh, Wu Yibing, who's just sort of made his mark at the US Open, become the first uh, Chinese man to reach the third round in New York since 1881 or reach the third round of the US Open. So you're right, it's certainly um, it's certainly gathering pace, let's say. Now, uh, we come back to the WTA decision to withdraw from China and Hong Kong. Um, I've got the statement there from just over a year ago from Steve Simon. Um, how likely, William, do you think it is that the WTA will stick to this stance, bearing in mind the millions that it will obviously cost the organization? I think so far we have seen the WTA being incredibly uh, principled with their approach regarding the response that they uh, have for uh, the uh, the scandal that uh, involved Peng Shuai and Zhang Gaoli. Uh, even though I think uh, there have been talks about resuming tournaments in China, probably either in 2024 or later on, because after all, they did sign that, I believe, five-year contract with Shenzhen to host the WTA finals. And they have been forced to find yeah. other venues, uh, first in Guadalajara. And then this past year, uh, the, the, j just last month uh, in uh, Texas. So I, I, I think... Uh, what we have to realize is that, like you just said, uh, there is a lot more uh, commercial opportunity in China and a lot more corporate uh, willingness to sponsor um, some of the biggest uh, events, uh, like the Wuhan uh, Dongfeng Motor Tournament. The Dongfeng Motor is one of the biggest uh, auto uh, company in China, and also the uh, the WTA Tier 5 uh, event in Beijing that was a very uh, showstopper and uh, also including the stop in Hong Kong uh, and other smaller uh, tournaments in Guangzhou, Zhen, uh, Zhen, I, I believe Nanchang. Uh, these are all in Tianjin. I think with the intent, I think density of the uh, WTA tournaments uh, that have emerged 
over the last few years in China. Uh, it's very clear that uh, the WTA definitely took a hit in terms of uh, their commercial earnings and their ticket selling, because like I said, I think tennis has become such a big sport in China over the last few years, uh, coupling with the success of their own players and also the overall popularity of tennis as a sport uh, within Asia. And, you know, because of the fact that there have been a lot more tournaments being hosted in China and uh, neighboring countries, it also really helped to, I think, uh, bring up the overall interest uh, of the po Asia population in tennis as a sport on, uh, you know, streaming services or on uh, like uh, uh, other kind of like commercial deals. And so I think whether the WTA can continue to be so principal really depends on how I think uh, vigilant and resilient uh, they can be in, in terms of finding other alternative uh, revenue streams. Because I think at the end of the day, this is a profit-making uh, business industry uh, billions of dollars uh, are generated every year. Uh, and if they just cannot keep up with, you know, the loss that they have to uh, absorb uh, for, uh, you know, sticking with the right decision, then I think uh, at some point they will have to come back and reevaluate, you know, whether this uh, ongoing decision is necessary. Because uh, like I think all of us who have been following tennis so closely, uh, we do see that uh, the interest and the overall, I think, awareness about the issue of Peng Shui has really faded uh, simply, I think, mm -hmm. uh, six months after it really happened or simply after her last public appearance in uh, Beijing in February 2022. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, exactly. I mean, for, for certainly for several weeks, the Where is Peng Shui um, thing on, on Twitter, for example, the hashtag obviously gained its, a, a lot of traction. It was in the news almost daily for the first couple of weeks. Um, but you're right, since February in particular and those Winter Olympics and um, uh, it has kind of disappeared from the radar. We had a couple of things recent, as you mentioned. The accused uh, did appear in public. At, that was that at the Communist Party conference conference they had last month. Yes, uh, in October. Yeah, yeah, or in October. And so, um, and then of course we've also had another announcement from Steve Simon. Uh, I think it was on the anniversary, uh, which would have been a couple of weeks ago or three or four weeks ago, of the of the incident, if you like, of the of the social media post. Uh, where he has asked for a transparent uh, investigation. But of course, I think that remains to be seen. What do you think about boycotts and withdrawals? And this is a more generic thing, not just regarding China. It could be any nation for that matter. Is there any evidence that these things work? I mean, sometimes my thought is maybe that cutting off from the world may not work. In fact, it may go the other direction and people in, in China become even more uh, excluded, if you like. And, and but, but is there any evidence that, the, that boycotts, for example, whether it be Olympics or football or tennis, 
Do they do they work? Is there what, what's the message? What's the idea behind them? I think the boycott is more, you know, a gesture of solidarity uh, more than anything, uh, okay. because I think uh, this is a very, you know, important um, gesture from fellow, uh, I think, sports uh, players who are essentially, you know, like uh, st standing up uh, with their fellow, uh, I, I think, uh, athlete. And uh, whether this really has any, I think, um, meaningful real life impact, I think uh, it really uh, depends on, I think, you know, the subject matter that is involved. And in Peng Shai's case, I think it was really important in the early stage of the allegation when uh, the whole world is still trying to make sense of uh, everything. Uh, and, but, you know, later on, I think, uh, overall, I think it's still very important for the players to, to not, uh, contradict uh the you know um to contradict the wta's decision of pulling out of china uh even the chinese players did not complain about it i think that is very important so you know mm -hmm. to show that the tennis community as a whole is standing behind the decision and also standing behind peng shui and uh that is a strong message to the chinese authorities uh i think that also probably helps to take some pressure off the shoulder uh from the uh wta you know uh, leadership because it's a big decision like uh we all said so uh i think you know whether this can be um replicated to other sports i think it really depends on how uh united the community is but in this particular case uh the w the wta did uh, put forward a very strong uh image and a very uh, strong message of unity uh, to the world and also to all the fans around the world. China also uh, basically 16 days after the Weibo post uh, said this is not a foreign affairs matter, stay out of domestic issues. Is that common policy for the Chinese government to sort of try and brush things off by, by saying stay out of our business? Yeah, this is, you know, one of the most typical line that they always use that this is domestic uh, affairs and you know it uh, doesn't really concern any uh international like the international community you know i think essentially it's to uh, deflect the attention and the pressure on them so that you know they can hopefully move on from it uh and you know so we have seen this same line being applied to other, uh, you know, sensitive international uh, incidents uh, involving famous Chinese people or, uh, you know, or just involving China in general. Yeah. Um, by the way, you, you reside normally in, in Taiwan, that's right? Yes. How, how comfortable would you feel? I mean, how possible would it even be for you to have this interview with us today? I know you're on the BBC from time to time. So you go from the BBC to Talking Tennis. And of course, I know you're from Deutsche Welle as well. And I'm sure there's many other media outlets that you contribute for. But, but how comfortable would a Chinese, well, it just wouldn't be possible right, for a Chinese journalist to come on this show and, and talk about this topic, right? Yeah, if they're physically in China, I think uh, there will be a lot of uh, considerations for them to whether this is appropriate or not. But, you know, for someone like me living, residing in Taiwan, but covering uh, very closely the 
a situation in China, this generally is, you know, no problem uh, for to talk about issues like this. Very frankly, uh, I think that is the biggest difference uh, between China and Taiwan is that, you know, there is a very high level of protection in Taiwan uh, when it comes to freedom of expression. But on the other hand, in China, uh, it's just not tolerated. Have you ever felt or ever had anything? Have you ever had an email or uh, footsteps behind you or, or anything? Because, William, you're, you're fairly prominent nowadays. I think you've got over 70,000 followers on Twitter. Uh, you may even gain one or two more after this interview. Let's let's hope so. But have you ever felt anything or, or seen or, or been suspicious regarding your own security? Uh, you know, I have had uh, Chinese uh diplomats uh, on Twitter trying to come after me for articles or for the reporting that I've done. I've also had uh, tankies or, you know, basically Chinese netizens or, you know, maybe it's a bot uh, on Twitter to basically mm. try to, uh, you know, discredit my reporting. So yeah, this is nothing new. Uh, and I think uh, for me, it's just something that I have to live with and deal with on a day-to-day basis. Uh, this is uh, your little uh, appearance that you had on on the BBC recently. I, I won't play it, but um, but this is also about a similar topic, right? It's about suppression of, of freedom of expression. So um, I just want to say a, a, a big thank you from the BBC to Talking Tennis uh, and uh, much more in between. Uh, so, yeah, I just want to say a big thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank you, William. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.